hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 225 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips to small business owners. Today's sponsors are Linode, the Events Calendar, and Text Expander. You'll be hearing about them later on in the show. Today's guest is Michelle Frechette, and I am so excited to talk to her. I was on her podcast a while back, WP Coffee Talk. I heard her on the Matt Report recently talking about building community, of which she's built several. Michelle is one of the most authentic people I know, and that's the topic of our discussion today, building a community and the importance of building, uh, being authentic while doing it. She gives me lots of great Twitter tips, which is great because I've been kind of down on the platform lately. And uh, she gave me some advice for not being so down on the platform and how she has been growing her Twitter account by uh, about 100 followers a week, which is absolutely incredible. So by the time this episode comes out, hopefully you will see some changes in the way I use Twitter as well. But all in all, this is a great episode. I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, before we do, I do want to plug my uh, membership and community uh, in the the members only part of today's episode. We talk about uh, her project underrepresented in tech and the importance of that and, and building a good community around that as well. So if you want to hear that, if you want to hear all of the extended ad free episodes, you can head over to buildsomething.club and sign up for just $5 a month. And that $5 a month will get you access to a members-only community, uh, bonus episodes, extended ad-free episodes, and live streams, and lots of other great stuff. So again, that is over at buildsomething.club. Head on over there today and sign up for just 5 bucks a month. You can cancel anytime or... You can get two months free for signing up for a year at 50 bucks a year. So again, that is buildsomething.club. All right, now let's get on with the interview. All right, I am here with Michelle Frechette. She is the head of customer success at GiveWP and the podcast barista over at WP Coffee Talk. And uh, I know I just sounded like Linda Richmond there from uh, from SNL, Mike Myers' character. <laughs> Welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about building community today because Michelle has done an incredible job in multiple places doing that. And I am working very hard to build up my own community because I'm about four years behind the eight ball on that. So before we get into that, first of all, let's bring in Michelle. Michelle, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really good to be here. I'm doing well. It's finally spring here in Rochester, New York. It snowed last week, but we're not going to talk about that. So, man, oh man, as uh, as a native New Yorker who lives about an hour north of the who used to live, who grew up an hour north of the city, I can say uh, to all you people in the city that Rochester is actual upstate. 
Just because I'm north of you doesn't mean I'm upstate because it did not snow where I'm from last week. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm about an hour and a half east of Niagara Falls, if that gives people kind of an idea. Yep. And how close are you to the Kodak factory? Is the Kodak factory still there? (laughs) Kodak does still exist. It's much scaled back from when I was a kid. Um, I'm about a 20 minute drive from Kodak. Nice. Yeah, they're my, right in Rochester and we're in the suburbs, so. Nice. My uh, my cousin uh, went to RIT and lives there now with his wife. Mm-hmm. And so I've been up there a couple of times, got the grand tour. Um, Next time you're in town, we'll go We'll go grab a beer together. How's that? Sounds great. <laughs> um, awesome. And and so, uh, we're, like I said, we're talking about building community today. I heard your episode on uh, from the Matt Report, which I thought was great. I will link in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 225. Um, but uh, you know, I, I selfishly wanted to have, well, I mean, I enjoy talking to you. I was on your podcast, uh, but you know, I selfishly wanted to talk to you about building community. So, uh, before sure. we get into all that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, I'm the head of customer success at GiveWP, as you said, and what we do, uh, in customer success here is we work with over a hundred thousand, uh, active installs of GiveWP, which are mostly nonprofit organizations around the world. So I like to say, I help people make the world a better place. And that's what we get to do in customer success. Because most nonprofits are doing what they can to improve um, themselves either locally or globally or sometimes both. And it's kind of, um, it's an honor, really. It's exciting and it's an honor to be part of that process. Yeah, that's sure. that's fantastic. And shout out to GiveWP. I use GiveWP. Uh, so actually, let me let me nail down the nomenclature here. Is the, yes. the plugin's called Give, right? And the website is yeah. GiveWP? I mean, we kind of call it all GiveWP okay. now. It's, okay, it's just, cool. It brands uh, it as that WordPress, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I use GiveWP for uh, my WordPress and review project. And it was, it's a great plugin. Uh, y'all yeah. did a, a great job with that. I learned recently that it was a fork off of uh, Easy Digital Downloads. Is that correct? Is that like public uh, knowledge, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> it is because yeah. we're open source. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. our, you know, we're in, we're in the GitHub repo and we are also, of course, on uh, WordPress.org because it is a free plugin to download. Of course, it's freemium, right? So we have so we have the premium add-ons. That's how I can employ all the people that you see yeah. <laughs> that you see at the Give Team. If you visit us anywhere and uh, have our offices here, like you said in Rochester, but it's um yeah, so it's all out there and and you can see where it came from and you can you can fork it yourself if you want to. You know, I mean, hey, yeah, it's out there. absolutely. I happily paid for the convert kit add-on because it made segmenting my list very easy. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. So and over at over at GiveWP, uh, you, you all do a really good job of communicating with your customers. I think you, uh, I had um, uh, Matt and Devin on the show uh, early on in the 50s, episode 55, I think it was. Guys, I'm um, recording. Talking about kind of how they built, you know, how they built Give and and the importance of customer support and the processes there. So it was it's really cool to have you on a couple of years later, uh, kind of talking about how that evolved into uh, a community. Um, but that's not the only thing you do either, right? You, you're active no. with Big Orange Heart is another thing that you yeah. work with, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I do an awful lot and yeah. people are always asking me about that. So I, I think that building community is more than just one silo or one vertical. And so I'm involved in a lot of different things. And if I'm passionate about it, then it's easy for me to be involved and to help and to help grow those communities. So definitely Big Orange Heart is close to my heart. Um, I'm actually on the board now at Big Orange Heart. So nice. I do a lot there. And I, 
as well as being a volunteer. And as you know, working with uh, the WordFest um, events that we have, because I recruited you for WordFest, the yes. first one. Yes. And, uh, and that. And then also, um, I have a project out there with Allie Nimmons called Underrepresented in Tech.com, where we're building community and working with underrepresented folks to be able to be found, right? So here I am, a 52-year-old woman with disabilities and technology on your podcast. And there aren't a lot of people like me on podcasts around there, right? And so uh, we work with people to be able to be found. We work with organizations like your podcast and other podcasts to help uh, match those people up. As well as I am very committed to helping people in our community find jobs. And so one of the things I do to build community is every Wednesday, I tweet out a whole list of uh, job openings in WordPress. And so all of those things work together, right? The, the Give community, Big Orange Heart. I also um, mentor WordCamps. Um, I'm on the Rochester WordCamp, and I also work with our local meetup. So all those things work together to build community in different segments of the community. But there's an awful lot of overlap when you're talking about WordPress especially. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just shout out Underrepresented in Tech because I, again, after hearing you on um, on the Matt Report, I went and uh, looked through the listing, grabbed a few names, so a few upcoming guests as this episode nice. publishes. We'll, uh, will come from underrepresented in tech. So that's a, a, a really great resource um, because it's, it could, you know, it could be hard. Um, when I first started the show, um, I, I got some criticism for only having white guys on and it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a conscious thing. I just reached out right. to my network that just happened to be mostly white guys for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, probably for a long time, tech was mostly white guys. We actually talked about this in computer science class. Like mm-hmm. why in the early 2000s was like, was it only white guys when in the seventies, it was actually like a 50, 50 split. And we yeah. we kind of wondered what happened. And of course the, the class being all white guys, we had no idea because <laughs> we were all still there. <laughs> um, but yeah. anyway, that was a weird tangent, but underrepresented in tech, uh, really, really good directory. I found a lot of, um, Thank you. a real, a lot of really good guests that I think fit in with, you know, the theme of this year. So I'm nice. super excited for that. And so, yeah, so you do all of this in the name of community. Now, um, these are all, uh, these are all public communities. How do you, how do you cultivate that? Right. Because I mean, getting, Maybe well. F- so first, let me say: Has have things gotten easier in the pandemic? Have you found that like people just want to connect online because they can't connect in person? Well, I think that I think that's true, right? So the pandemic hasn't made it easy for us. Um, you know, when we first started going to, well, we weren't having in in person meetups, we weren't having in person word camps, and doing all this online um, community things is you know our attendance at our local meetup is less online. But the people who come, come every single month. And we've been getting people from all over the world joining our meetup group online to be able to talk through the different project products and issues and questions and topics that we put together well in advance. And because I have a really nice network of people, I've been able to get some pretty top-notch speakers to come in. And, uh, you know, everybody in my local meetups like, wow, we got to talk to Chris Wigman. And wow, we got to talk to the Termageddon people. And oh my goodness, you know... Um, Chris Badgett from, you know, Lifter LMS talked to us and gave us a discount code and, you know, those kinds of things. And so, and part of building community is getting people outside of your own, you know, tiny group 
to have influence and to influence them and to kind of have this overlap between um, different communities, different groups that there are. And I think that that has a huge impact on how we look at things. You know, this year we had um, only online WordCamps. You know, I, I went I, a little over a year ago, I went to Miami. I was at WordCamp Miami. That was the last time I saw any of you in person, <laughs> unless you work in my office right here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so um, to, to go from being able to shake hands and hug people and have a cup of coffee or grab a beer at the after party and things like that, to only being online offered a set of challenges for sure. But the beautiful thing of it is it also offered a bunch of opportunities, right? So um, I got to speak at WordCamp India this year. Mm, I never would have been able to afford to fly to India and be part of that community. But I'm part of the India community for a number of reasons. One, I spoke at WordCamp India and people knew who I was. But others, like, I honestly build a huge community through my podcast, which I know is what we want to talk about a little bit too. Because I have people from all over the world, six continents so far and over 25 countries nice. have been represented in the guests on my podcast. And so when, you know, somebody from India is on the podcast, I get a whole bunch of people from their group paying attention to what's going on. And that community really starts to thrive. And I don't have a forum for WP Coffee Talk community, right? I don't have a Facebook group or, you know what do we, we used to call them forums, right? Where we just log on to a website yeah, and thread yeah. it, threaded well, forums. Well, yeah. Yeah. The forums <laughs> or what was before that? There was something else, but, uh, uh I don't know. Yeah. ICQ and all that other IC, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the chat rooms and things like that. Right. Exactly. But, um, but just through Twitter, I find that I've been able to really do a lot of um, community building through Twitter, and I'm introducing people. You know, every couple of weeks, I'll do a fo- not your traditional follow thread, like, hey, these are the people you should be following, but like, hey, recommend somebody I should be following, and I'll recommend somebody back to you. Yeah. And so networks start to grow that way, right? Because it's just not, not just me going, I am the authority in who you should follow. Here are 10 people you should follow. And everybody's like, whatever, Michelle, we don't want to, you know, those are just, those are just links and at symbols, right? Yeah, right. But if you say to me, Michelle, you should really be following Joe Casabona because his podcast has a lot of really good things to say. I'm going to say, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, here, you should, pro- you should follow Matt Medeiros because he has a lot of cool things to say, right? And we start to, and I just named two white guys, which is against my, <laughs> my rules. <laughs> uh, you, you happen to be, I mean, you're talking to one. <laughs> I am, I am. But, you know, but I'll, I, and I do absolutely um, always offer two or three people and they yeah. are varied in who I suggest. But I also want to make sure that people are really connecting with people outside of their normal circles because that's how we grow and that's how we have rich experiences, right? Is what we can learn from each other through diversity, especially. Yeah, and I find yeah. that the more the more diverse that um, that a community is, the richer it is, and the better we all, experience that we all have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I read a book uh, recently called Range, um, mm-hmm. and it's about how maybe you shouldn't be a specialist professionally, right? Like you shouldn't just focus on the thing that you do. You should be a generalist because it gives you more perspective and helps you problem solve. And I think the same thing applies to the company you keep, right? If you mm-hmm. are in an echo chamber, you're never going to grow. You're just going to have a bunch of people with the same opinions as you. And then I go visit my parents and his neighbor says something insane to me that I'm like, how could mm-hmm. you possibly think that's true? And it's true <laughs> because everybody he knows says it's true. Um, yeah. And so Look, I think that's so important. The, the question I always ask myself is, do I want a circle or do I want a sphere? Right? So a circle is flat. If I'm standing on a circle, I can only see 
you know, 360 degrees and then up and around me, basically half of a sphere. If I have a whole sphere, I get the entire experience. So if you think of both sides of the world, not just the side that you're sitting on. And if I have the whole community, which is global, and becomes that whole sphere, it's so much richer because all of us together can have those shared experiences. We also see different things that we can share with one another. It's not just, you know, your peripheral vision and forward. It's everybody else standing around you and their peripheral vision and forward from where they are. And so it's just a much bigger picture that we can all see when we um, work together. I I absolutely love that. And it, it, I, I'm probably going to make that the audiogram for this episode. I mean, we're like <laughs> only it. a few minutes in, so maybe not, but um, yeah. I drop I- a lot of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Events Calendar, the original calendar for WordPress. This free plugin helps you with calendaring, ticketing, and more powerful tools to help you manage your events from start to finish. Whether you run school events, concerts at a venue, or fundraisers for nonprofits, the events calendar gives you the tools you need to make it your own. And with the events calendar pro, you can create custom views, recurring events, add your own custom fields to events, and much more. Run virtual events? No problem. With the virtual events add-on, you can quickly and easily manage your online-only or hybrid events. With deep Zoom integration, custom virtual event coding for search engine optimization, and the ability to embed video feeds directly on your website, the events calendar makes putting virtual and hybrid events together easier. And I can't stress this one enough. Let me tell you, I have tried to roll my own webinar software, my own live stream event software, and it is difficult. And I have 20 years experience making websites. The event calendar is the tool that you need to make virtual events a lot easier. You can even sell tickets and only show the stream to ticket holders. If you run events, whether in person or online, you need the events calendar. Head on over to howibuilt.it slash events to learn more. That's howibuilt.it slash events to start running your events more efficiently today. Thanks so much to the events calendar for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. I can't drive this point home enough because it, it helps you grow as a person. You know, I constantly tell people, I would rather be told I'm wrong and correct than going on thinking I was right. And I know that for a at least some portion of the, the population, that's not true. I, right. I like make me feel dumb in the moment so that I don't uh, so that I'm not actually dumb the rest of my life. Like that's that's how I feel. <laughs> so when I was a kid, my we hated broccoli. My two brothers and I, we just hated broccoli. I yeah. think a lot of kids don't like broccoli. A lot of adults and on this podcast don't like broccoli either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a big broccoli fan now because when we were kids, my dad lied to us (laughs) and convinced us that they made chocolate out of broccoli. And so we started eating broccoli. Well, when you have a worldview that's implanted in you early on from somebody who's, you know, whose words you trust so implicitly, Mm -hmm. You actually become like a 16-year-old who tells their friends that they make chocolate from broccoli. And everybody else in the, in the cafeteria at school looks at you like you're a moron. Mm. So yes, absolutely. Tell me the truth <laughs> so that I don't go spreading the rumor that they make chocolate yep. out of broccoli in high school. 
Yes, absolutely. I read something fantastic. This is a small tangent, but uh, I read something fantastic online when I became a parent that was like, I want to tell my kid a small, innocent lie uh, that they'll repeat like when they're in college, like each state or each star on the United States flag, like directly represents a state. Like, so the first, the first state is for Alabama or whatever, or the first star is for Alabama. Um, And I just think that's so funny, but. I'm glad it got, I'm glad it at some point got corrected. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I think it was like this one point I was eating broccoli and I was like, hey, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> wait dad. a minute. Yep. Yeah. How dare I've, you? I've done that many times with my dad, but for things that I, if I want to keep a clean rating on this podcast, I can't repeat. <laughs> um <laughs> Where I'm like, he would just say something and I was too young to get it. And then like years later, I'm like, you're disgusting. <laughs> um, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you? I'm a gentleman. Um, That's all right. So, but so this, is, so this is great. Expanding your community, building it through Twitter, I think is, is really interesting because um, I, how do I put this nicely? I do not like, I am on Twitter and I do not like being on there. Um, I, I think I see too much of what I don't want to see and it bums me out. Um, not, not in the like world news sense, more in the like, why is everybody being so negative right now sense or like the misinformation sense. Where I'm like, this she is said, follow yeah. those people. I mean, like, yeah. I, I don't see a lot of negative in Twitter. I'll tell you a couple of things. During the, the last election, I muted a whole bunch of words I didn't <laughs> want to see. Yep. So if you say those words, they don't show up in my newsfeed, right? So yes. learning how to use the tools is super important. But then also, I think that, and <laughs> not, I don't think you're a negative person, Joe, but what I'm going to say is you get back what you put out there, right? So yeah. if you look at my Twitter feed, like if you look at my, my tweets, I mean, you're going to see just a ton of positivity because I really want to put positivity out in the world. That's not to say I don't put my, my social justice ideas out there, but I try to put them in a positive light and I try to raise people up. And like I said, try to connect other people to one another. And talk about the good things, uh, because I think that that actually perpetuates more good things. And so I really do kind of, you know, it sounds um, like the new age thing, like you attract what you, yeah. you know, put out put out there. But it really is true, um, at least in my case, because when I read down through my newsfeed, I'm happy and I'm excited. And I, I love the things that people are sharing. I love to reshare them and I love to engage with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. I love that, right? And the way you say you catch more bees with honey or whatever. Like that's like the... Flies. Yeah, flies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess you don't really catch bees with honey. <laughs> you steal honey I mean, from the bees. Um, they make it. <laughs> yeah, they make it. That's true. Yeah. So you catch more flies with honey or whatever. I, I, I think that's so great though. And it's it's true. Every like week or so, I do look at my own timeline and I'm like, what's the ratio here? Like, am, am I like, was I complaining too much? And uh, my year, my yearly theme for this year is the year of opportunity. Uh, and one of those things was take the opportunity to offer actual feedback before just like poo posting on Twitter. Um, and I, I feel like I've been doing a really good job of that. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. DoorDash, for example. I I did tweet negatively to them. No, not even to them, about them. Because somebody was like, you should use DoorDash. And I'm like, let me tell you about the time a DoorDasher tried to walk into my house. Um, oh my. But like, but I called them. I spoke to their customer support. I told them and then I canceled. And mm-hmm. Instead of just like going on a Twitter rant or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. Now, do you use a Twitter app or like do you use the Twitter app or a Twitter app? 
I use the Twitter app. Okay. So I use Twitter. Um, you know, I do have, for, for the podcast, I have somebody that helps me. So Kaylin White um, works with me because I nice. suck at my own social media when it comes to my projects. I mean, I'm on there all day talking yeah. about my, you know, people and projects and things like that. But as far as like, hey, I should tweet out old episodes and things like that. Um, she's partnered up with me on that. And so um, she's using TweetDeck, you know, to be able to access those things. But for me, I just sit on my phone at night. <laughs> <laughs> scroll through everything or get on the computer during the day. Um, and we do use, I use, do use Buffer to schedule some of those yeah. kinds of things, but not on my personal account. Nothing's ever scheduled. My gotcha. personal account, if you see it, if you see it get posted, I just posted it. So. Nice. Nice. Uh, and so I guess that's a really good follow-up question, right? Because I've been doing all of the podcast stuff through my own personal. I do have a, how I built it Twitter but I'm much more active on my personal Twitter, probably for the same reasons you just mentioned, but I haven't had somebody, mm-hmm. I haven't hired somebody to manage my social media. Maybe that's the next mm-hmm. task for my VA. Um, but uh, uh, do you find that you've built the community for WP Coffee Talk because of, because you had a separate Twitter account maybe? Like, cause it gives, it gives people a place to like coalesce around a, a, a brand instead of a, a single person? Um, no. Yes okay. and no. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, th- because they're connected to my personal brand too, right? So every time I post something out on WP Coffee Talk, I also retweet it for my personal brand. I call it my brand. I, I feel like, like oh, I'm such an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag influencer. <laughs> you know, like, oh, send me all the swag because yeah. I have 4,000 followers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, I find that that's like, that's like good enough right there. I like. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually at about 4,600 right now. And nice. I'm get, it's really interesting. In the last couple of weeks, I'm getting about a hundred followers a week, which what? I thought was, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's just because of volume. I, I swear to you, it's because of volume. It's volume and it's putting good things out there that people um, appreciate. It's staying engaged. I probably tweet no minute, no less than eight to 10 times a day. Just nice. silly stuff that pops in my head. Like the other day I was like, oh, I want to engage with people. So let's do a poll. Like, what do you think is really important to have at a picnic? You know, Love hamburgers, that. hot dogs, potato salad, or something else. Tell me below. You know, always oh, make that I fourth that one. Poll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always, the fourth one yeah. should always be like, put something else below because nobody wants to get pigeonholed into your, yeah. like, there's not a V, there's not a vegan option here. And there's no, mm, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kind of thing. And so, um, and you let people talk about their things below, then you start to open up real conversations. And so, you know, those, those tweets are fun because people can engage about silly things, right? I'm not asking hard hitting questions. Like yeah. what's your, fa- what's your favorite jelly bean and why is it red? <laughs> 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 Just silly things yeah. like that. Um, but that's the kind of thing that people see you as fun. And also I almost never self promote through those things, right? I will always promote and retweet my podcast stuff but I'm really talking about the other person so like mm-hmm. when I retweet when you were on my podcast and I retweeted it for my personal account it was like I had such a fun time talking with Joe listen to everything he had to say it wasn't about oh look at me I have a podcast yeah right yeah so it's really about always promoting other people and doing what I can to raise other people up this episode is brought to you by text expander In our fast-paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. 
Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or any place else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. So I use Publer for all of my uh, scheduled social media. And I do, what I love about Publer is they have labels for, uh, for all of your posts. And then you can set a schedule based on the label, right? So I can say oh, like, cool. yeah, right. So I could say like, okay, Anything labeled question should be published at like 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday or whatever, right? And this uh, this also allows me to make sure like the next three tweets in my timeline aren't from the sponsors, right? Or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or like to self-promote, right? Like I have like two promo labels where I the they're spaced out. And so that's not all you see or whatever. Um, but when I was doing like a weekly question... I was getting really good at like, what's your favorite app? Man, people love talking about their favorite app. <laughs> um, or their favorite anything, yeah, really. You yeah. Know? So uh, I will say, uh, I, don't, I don't know my favorite jelly bean. I mean, if we're, if we're talking jelly belly. Um, but my favorite <laughs> brand of jelly bean is the Starburst, Starbursts. They're so, really good. Right? I think They're so. really good, yeah. yeah um, sure. So maybe in Build Something More, we'll talk about our favorite jelly beans some more. <laughs> Um, actually, let me tell you what, what was really interesting is years ago in, um, and Facebook, right before I was even active in Twitter, before I was even part of the WordPress community, uh, I was watching other people interact or brands interact and looking to see what was really useful. And this one guy, this, this, um, blogger, he doesn't even have a site up anymore, but this blogger I used to follow religiously, uh, would always post like right here and now. Tell us something, 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 right? So I thought, I wonder if my meager following, I could do the same thing. So I started putting out, like, right here and now, 
tell us, dot, dot, dot. It was like, what's your favorite kind of pie? Mm. And that's it, right? I had over 180 people respond with their favorite kinds of pie. That's awesome. Did you do any data mining on that to see what the... (laughs) Of course not. I I mean, I could have like Mrs. Like what what is the name of the... Mrs. Fields, yeah, Mrs. Fields pies. They should look at my data because that is yeah. good stuff. But I know then a couple of weeks later, I'd be like, what's your favorite jelly bean? I would ask something every couple of days, but like I wouldn't always be food. I just right. obsess about food. But Likewise. You know, like the jelly bean one got over 200 responses because it's something quick and easy. Everybody could just say a, a flavor. Yeah. When I would ask a question like, tell us your favorite clean joke, five people responded because it took too long to answer. They had to think about that. Yeah. Right. And they would have to type it out and they're afraid that people will judge them based on the joke that they tell Mm -hmm. as opposed to just giving a flavor of a pie or a flavor of a a kind of a candy or favorite board game. Like those are the kind of questions. Number one, people love to give their opinion and they like to be validated about their opinion. Yeah. And so you can build community by asking people for information that they want to share about themselves and then interacting with their response in a way that validates. I love that. Uh, and, and and again, you said build community. It doesn't necessarily need to be on Twitter. It could be, no, it could be anywhere in Facebook, in Circle, which mm-hmm. is where my community currently is. Um, and so uh, I, I love that. And you're right. It, it should be quick and easy and people don't want to be judged. I almost, I, I almost made a joke yesterday, right? Because my daughter is so smart. Um independently verified, I will say. I'm very careful <laughs> about not bragging about my kids uh, unless like someone else says it. And I will say my son is a big old troublemaker. He's 10 months. And I was like, <laughs> she's so smart and he's a troublemaker. If they ever team up, my wife and I You're are in trouble. trouble. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and then I was going to say, that's why I'm pitting them against each other now. And I'm like, anybody who knows me knows it's a joke because I love my kids and like I'm a doting father. But you know, you never know on Twitter. Someone's like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really look at like the last yeah. picture of me with my kids. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've also learned is that hashtags, they used to be for, you know, getting information. It was a way of categorizing information, tagging information. So you can go like, yes, hashtag WordPress is not, um, you know, a way to just kind of Give a punchline, for example, right? Mm-hmm. It's a way to say, I wonder what the people are talking about in WordPress today. So you can click the hashtag WordPress, you can search it, and you can see that kind of stuff. There are two ways to use hashtags, right? So that's one way, which is the way it was designed to be. The other is to punctuate whatever it is you're trying to say, right? So like, hashtag, I have no filter. Mm-hmm. You're, nobody's really looking to see who doesn't have a filter. That's just a way to say, I have no filter without saying, hey, I have no filter, yeah. right? It's just like saying that. And so there's different ways that you can use hashtags to kind of like, you know, like you could be like, hashtag, I don't really do that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. See what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Um, gosh, I've been, on, it's May, right? So I've been on Twitter since April 1st, 2007. And I'm getting like That's schooled. I know. I joined on <laughs> April Fool's Day. Uh, <laughs> of, course, I, of course you did, Which Joe. I find hilarious. Um, I do too. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like getting school. Actually, I, I recently, every like six months or so, I'll like delete some amount of tweets, uh, which is I don't like doing because I'm like a pack rat. But like, I don't know. I was, what did I say when I was 20? That's like probably really dumb and insensitive now because I was 20 and dumb and insensitive. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Your Twitter account is kind of like a microblog, though. Yeah, that's that that's true. And there's like some really good stuff on there. I will say, like, I've gotten mm-hmm. better in the last few years. So I don't know. I don't know that I'll continue that trend, but 
<laughs> I'm like, I don't remember what I said in 2007, but I'm sure there's something there that I that was regrettable. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, we've been talking a lot about Twitter. I've learned a lot about Twitter, but the things we talked about, um, mm-hmm. uh, again, can apply to any community. Now, let's let's say, um, uh, let's say I'm starting from scratch, uh, mm-hmm. and I want to build a community. Um, I didn't prep you with any of these questions. And so sorry if I'm blindsiding you here, but I feel like you've done a really good job with a few of these communities here. Some of which were starting with from scratch or at least very little, right? Like big orange heart is relatively new. Underrepresentative tech is, is very new. Brand new. Yeah. November. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but there's, there's already a lot of good information in, in both of those places. So, um, if I was starting today, you know, what, what, what do you think my approach should be? So one of the things that defines community is that we have something in common with those people, right? So you, you're, where you live, your town is a community because you all have that physical space in common. Um, you know, the WordPress community is a community because we have WordPress in common. Um, underrepresented in tech is a community because we are working to help people who are underrepresented. And so we have those different communities based on um, commonalities. And so if you, you, the important thing in trying to build a community is what do you have in common that people would want to gather around? So with my podcast, for example, that thing was knowing more about people in the WordPress community and being able to, like, as you know, I ask the same set of questions to every single guest, right? So like, there's no surprise. It's not like, I wonder what she's going to ask next because <laughs> they're always the same set of questions. Yeah. But but people want to hear, well, what is Joe, what was Joe's, you know, biggest WordPress mistake and what did he learn from it? Or, you know, or what was Matt Mullenweg's um, hidden talent that nobody knows about? You know, those kinds of things. People want to tune in to hear the differences between us because we're all have those things in common anyway. Um, with GiveWP, when I, when I joined GiveWP a little over three years ago, we didn't have a Facebook group. You know, we had 40,000 active installs. In three years, we're over 100,000 active installs. We have two, over 2,000 people in our Facebook group, and we continue to grow. And, I, and yes, GiveWP is an amazing product. And so we, we all are gathered around that and fundraising. But also the customer success team, we do outreach. We reach out to make sure that people are successful. We call them. We do Zoom calls with them to make sure that they understand what are webhooks and how do I, you know, they're, they're not, a lot of people building WordPress websites and, and uh, fundraising are not hiring developers because they're bootstrapping, right? So they're right. building it themselves and they have no idea what a webhook is, right? Yeah. So we get on a Zoom and we help, we walk them through those things. And so we're invested in each other's success. And you don't have to have a, a paid customer success team to be invested in the success of the people in your community. So if you ask people what they need, you give them resources and information, you help connect them to one another, that's how you build community. Now, you know, around the how I built it, it's because people want to learn how to do better, right? They want to learn how they can do things better. You know, what's the right hashtag that other people aren't using? Uh, what's the right hashtag you can start to use to build community around that if you're looking at Twitter? If you want to have a Facebook group, how do you get people in there? You start to add that to your news, your weekly newsletter and people are like, oh, there's a place I could join and we could have conversations around this. And then maybe once a week you're like, hey, let's do a 20-minute Q&A and anybody can join in a live Facebook chat. We can talk about those things. So there's different ways and it's going to be different for every community and each group based on what that group needs are and how they want to communicate with them one another, et cetera. But there are ways to do that. Just this week alone, I, w- I tweeted out 
I bought Elementor Pro like two months ago and I haven't used it yet. Somebody hold me accountable because I, d- I just spent a hundred bucks, nice. right? Let's yeah. hold me accountable to do this. And so Elementor actually, though, they reply- replied and they were like, um, and they, they direct messaged me and they're like, let's see if we can get other people who are interested in doing that and have accountability group. I have seven people right now in a Twitter DM. We're doing daily accountability on getting either a redesign or a new design up and running. And I've just built a community of eight people, including the Elementor person. Right. It's a small community, but it's a community. And if it works well, Elementor can take that idea and run with it and build other communities around it. Yeah. They could do like a, like the 30 day Elementor challenge or whatever. Right. And that's what we're doing. Yep. Exactly. That's amazing. I should join that group. I bought Elementor, you know, before the prices went up or whatever. Right. That's I'll I'll pop you. I'll pop you into it, but we're going to hold you accountable for doing stuff. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I, I'll make a YouTube video about it. That'll be my accountability because I'm always looking for good content for the YouTube channel. This episode is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com slash how I built it and see why Linode has been voted the top infrastructure as a service provider by both G2 and Trust Radius. From their award-winning support offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user to ease of use and setup, it's clear why developers have been trusting Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. One of my favorite use cases for Linode is I was able to spin up a virtual server for my iPad. So I set up a server on Linode, I set up my development environment on my iPad, and I was able to push code easily to my Linode server so that I could do development from my iPad while I was on the road without a laptop. Deploy your entire application stack with Linode's one-click app marketplace or build it all from scratch to manage everything yourself with supported centralized tools like Terraform. Linode offers the best price-to-performance value for all compute instances, including GPUs, as well as block storage, Kubernetes, and their upcoming bare metal release. Linode makes cloud computing fast, simple, and affordable allowing you to focus on your projects, not your infrastructure. This is the perfect and affordable solution for managing lots of client websites from a single host, especially if you use your own tools or your own setup for maintenance packages. Visit linode.com slash how I built it. Create a free account with Google, GitHub, or your email address, and you'll get $100 in credit. That's linode.com, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash how I built it and sign up to get $100 in credit. It's advice that comes up time and time again on this show. If you want people to do something, ask them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so as you said in my newsletter, at the end of my longer takes, right? Because my newsletter has kind of converted to like a long form newsletter. Uh, instead of just links gathering, at the end I say, what do you think the discussion's happening over at the Build Something community? Mm-hmm. And there's a free tier and there's a paid tier. I frankly need to be better about my paid tier. I really just want people in there right now. But um, sure. But yeah, and and showing up I think is the other thing, right? Do, doing a 20-minute... Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I'm part of two communities outside the WordPress space right now. One is the SPI Academy. That's Pat Flynn's Academy. Um, one is uh, Swipe Files, Corey Haynes. And the Swipe Files one is very active. Uh, and I think it's because Corey's in there every day. He shows mm-hmm. up. 
and uh, the the people running SPI, right? They're great. I think one. I think his name is Known. I hope I'm saying that right. Sorry, Known or Non. Uh, it's N O N, but there's a uh, uh, not an Enye, but there's like a, a an an accent over yeah. the O. Um, and uh, you know, it's he's great, and he's in there all the time, but. He's not Pat Flynn, right? People, mm-hmm. I suspect a lot of people join because they want access to Pat. Um, right. And he's he's not in there, right? So if it's your community, um, yeah, be there, be generous with your time and show up. So be authentic. That's right. So authenticity yeah. is, is huge because if you say you're going to do something and you don't follow through, that community is going to turn a walk away. They're not yeah. going to turn on you. It's not like the pitchforks come out, right? right. It's not like they're going to turn on you, but they're, it's going to fizzle out because people, you know, if you, if you promise something, if you're authentic and you follow through on those kinds of things, if you have to pivot, be honest about it. Yeah. If you have to scale back, be honest about it. It's not that people are going to be super disappointed as long as you're forthcoming with that kind of thing. The other thing that can really help to build a community is to find champions, right? So sometimes we call those influencers, right? I hate that term. I really <laughs> hate that term. Because it just, I picture all these like girls making, taking pictures on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but find and champions, bros, people yeah. who, yeah, exactly. But find champions who believe in what your, your cause is, who are excited to sign up, right? So do I get paid for any of the work that I do outside of GiveWP? The answer is no. Like, I don't get paid for my podcast. I have some sponsors, sure, but most of it's in-kind stuff. And trust me, it does not pay me even minimum wage for the amount of time <laughs> I put into it, right? Um I don't get paid for the, the volunteer work. I do a bigger chart, but all that, I, all that I do is help build and pull more people in who can also then influence one another. So getting people in there who are champions for the cause really helps. That's yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, that's somewhat related to an earlier episode from, from this year and the last year uh, where I talked to Tessa Creasel about uh, developer advocates. And so mm-hmm. um, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, gosh, we've been talking for a long time here. Um, Sorry. No, it's, <laughs> I can it's go on and on. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like we're like kindred spirits. I feel like we can just talk to for each sure. other for a long time. Um, Absolutely. And so uh, as we wrap up, I, 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 you've offered a lot of great advice. I do need to ask you, well, uh, first, before I ask you, I do want to tease and build something more aside from jelly beans. Uh, I would love to talk to you a little bit more about underrepresented in tech and how that idea came around and how you're getting people to join that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to learn more about that, and I suggest you do, because a bunch of our guests, our, a bunch of the guests for the show, um, uh, in the next few weeks will be from underrepresented in tech. Uh, but uh, before that, do you have any trade secrets for us? So, you know, like you always say, the the secret is never something that's hidden, right? It's just something that we don't see. And so I think authenticity is huge. Being when When I'm my authentic self, I'm a goofy person. I am not the most professional person you're ever going to meet. I am not, you know, blundering idiot either. Mm -hmm. But you're always going to find the mostly unfiltered me. You're going to get the real me. And I think that authenticity goes, you know, a far, a long way. Um, I fall over my words sometimes. I don't always remember what I want to say. But at the end of the day, hopefully I've dropped a few knowledge bombs that really help people along the way. And I think that's that's true authenticity is absolutely um, the most important thing. Be human. Show people that you are a human being. Um, The worst kinds of celebrities out in the world are the ones where you feel like they are just up on these pedestals. The ones that people really want to get to know are the Chrissy Teigen's of the world because she just seems so relatable, right? And why is that? Because she's not afraid to show that she fell down or she 
mm-hmm. dropped the milk or whatever it is, you know? And yep. so that's super important is that authenticity. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's so true. Um, and, and I mean, to echo what you said, I don't think I'd be able to be fake if I tried, <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I used to think yeah. I was like so stoic and like, I could hide my feelings. And then like I ran into an acquaintance on campus and I was having a bad day and she goes, is everything okay? Like you look really sad. I'm like, do I? I thought I had like my man face on, but my my wife has uh, has confirmed that I'm really bad at hiding my feelings. So now I just <laughs> lean into it. You yeah. know, this is me. Roll out of that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. For sure. Well, Michelle, this has been an absolute pleasure. If you want to get more of this conversation, be sure to sign up at buildsomething.club for our conversation and build something more. Uh, but if you are leaving us after the sign off and you want to learn more about Michelle, uh, Michelle, where can people find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Michelle Ames. Uh, all of my projects are connected at worksbymichelle.com and my podcast is wpcoffeetalk.com. Fantastic. I will link all of that and more in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 225. Uh, thanks to our sponsors for this episode, Linode, the Events Calendar, and Text Expander. Really great uh, slate of sponsors for today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks to everybody listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. Build something.